This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Today we're going to finish up uh, Mark chapter 5. But again, before we get into the last part of Mark chapter 5, I just want to say again that this will be our last podcast for, the, uh, for another week because of the holidays and because uh, Mary and I, uh, MaryGamboaMusic.com. You can check out her album there, her newly released album called Jealous, or you can stream it wherever you stream your music. But she and I are getting married uh, on the 25th, and then, whoop whoop. and then we are taking uh, about a week's vacation to hang out together. And then when we get back, we'll record some more podcasts. So the week after next, there will not be any podcast available. So our apologies, and thank you for your patience and your kindness in dealing with that. But before we get started and in, in, um, get into two of my all-time favorite passages and stories in the New Testament, uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for opportunities. Thank you for divine appointments that we talked about in the last podcast. Jesus just showed up on, on the shore and the, the demon-possessed man met him there and his life was changed forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read these all throughout the New Testament. We see these all in our daily lives and we continue to pray for divine appointments that you would be glorified and, and that you would change people's lives. Give us, thank you, Lord. Give us the... Uh, the strength, the courage that we need to tell people about you, to share your, our story and how you changed our lives, that they too may have the hope of Christ living in them. We just thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross for our sins. Thank you for filling us with your spirit mm-hmm. that leads and guides us. Thank you for setting us free, Lord, from all infirmities, sickness, and disease, from yeah. discouragement, from anything that binds us, Lord, mm-hmm. those chains. Thank you that you break those chains you set us free. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. We just pray that uh, as we speak, or we, as we discuss uh, these two stories about Jairus' daughter and, and the, the woman with the issue of blood, Father, just pray that people would be challenged and be encouraged by it and uh, their lives would be changed. So in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so... As we learned from the last podcast in Mark chapter 5, the first part of it, Jesus and his disciples, they, uh, they had gotten into the boat to get away from the crowd. Jesus says, get me to the other side. They're on their way to the other side. They run into a storm, right? Uh, the disciples are scared to death, literally scared. They're freaking out. Jesus is sound asleep in the boat. And uh, they wake Jesus up and he calms the storm. It's freaking them out. They get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and they have the encounter with, um, as we talked about in the last podcast, the man who lived in the graveyard, literally lived mm-hmm. in amongst the tombs, naked, uh, was cutting himself with stones, screaming out at night, just a freak of nature, really, because mm-hmm. uh, he literally was. He was possessed by all these demons, and Jesus cast the demons out of him, and uh cast them into the, the pigs. The pigs run down the hill, drown themselves in the water. Uh, the, the pig farmers lose their source of income, get mad, run into the town, tell They're people. Like, get out of here. Yep, right. get out of Dodge. 
The people come out and see Jesus, see the man sitting at his feet, calm, fully clothed. I still want to know where he got the clothes from. In his right mind. In his right mind. And they say, hey, we don't want no part of this. We, you know, we don't know where you come from, who you are, but go back to where you come from. Because mm-hmm. he's messing with their power and their authority, right? And we talked about that. And so Jesus gets back in the boat with his disciples and they head back to the other side. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 21. So if you'll read verses 21 through 43, and I'm going to try not to interrupt you. Stop me if you need to. I will. Through 43? Yeah, it's long. Zoinks. Okay. It's, it's, oh, through it's, the end of the chapter. Yeah. Got it, you. It's, the, it's the healing of Jairus' daughter. Can ra- do. Raising her from the dead and the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. Okay. My two favorite stories. Mm. So when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw jesus he fell at his feet he pleaded earnestly with him my little daughter is dying please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live so jesus went with him a large crowd followed and pressed around him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha, gum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. If you've never seen the, the chosen version of this, you need to look at it. You need to find it and watch it. Mm-hmm. it it's really, really good. Yeah. So it's one of the best episodes there there are of the of the chosen. All right, so Jairus, he he's got this daughter, twelve year old daughter, as Mark points out, who was sick 
and to the point of dying. Now, you have two children. Mm-hmm. I have three. Uh, and my oldest boy, when uh, he was five years old, had a grandma seizure. I actually had two or three back, you know, pretty close together. I wasn't there. I was at work when, when it happened um, the first time. Um, but his mother calls me freaking out. And I get home, and when I get home, he has another one. When I get there, and, you know, so I got to see it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it, it was a, if you've ever seen anybody have a seizure, you know it, it, it's weird. It's, mm-hmm. it's scary to see. And we didn't know, you know, it just came out of nowhere. No warnings, no nothing. It's never mm-hmm. happened before. And so we're, they look very painful. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to the to the doctor, and the doctor says he doesn't even know what's happening when he when he's having one. But later on, when he got a little older and was on medicine, he would he got to the point where he was having seizures and was talking to us, which was really weird because he said there was a buzzing going on in his ear in his head. But he, you know, he's having this conversation, with, so he did know what was going. on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not when they were so bad when he was younger. But he he eventually outgrown these seizures, outgrew these seizures, and he was by the time he was twelve years old. So, so for seven years he had epilepsy, right? He would mm-hmm. he would, he had these uh, seizures. We never knew what triggered and whatever. The doctor just said they was hereditary. But I, I can just remember when uh, when the first time I saw him have those seizures, and you know, I me being the dad and him being so small, I'm used to you know I can control his environment. I could you know if he ever got sick, you know I could take him to the doctor and get him help or whatever. But these things, there was nothing I could do. So I felt so helpless. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if you're if you're if you have children, and and there, there's something going on in their life that you can't fix, mm-hmm. it's very very difficult. It's very scary. It's it's um, helpless. Helpless. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's a it's a helpless feeling because you want to help, but all you really all you can do is pray at that mm-hmm. at those points in time. And so Jairus has a 12-year-old daughter who's not dead yet, but she's very sick to the point of dying. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, so I, I could imagine the helpless feeling that he had. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, um, for whatever reason, he decides, I got to get to Jesus. And, and I got to thinking, when I was studying for, uh, for the, this podcast, I was thinking, how did he know Jesus? Mm-hmm. How, how did he know that he needed to get to Jesus? And, um, and if we think back to earlier in Mark, uh, some of the previous podcasts we did, well, we know that Jesus has been in that synagogue mm-hmm. several times. He taught with authority, right? And the people were amazed by his teaching. Right. He made a man stretch out his hand and be restored. Or... Yeah, because he challenged the, he was challenging the Pharisees of what he was doing. Uh, but yeah, he healed the man's withered hand there in the synagogue. And that same synagogue, he had cast out a demon prior to that. Uh, so we don't know for sure if he ever had a conversation with Jairus. So we don't know if Jairus knew him personally. But Jairus would have been around because he was a leader in that synagogue. And he saw these things. So whether he had a relationship with Jesus or not, he, he was well aware that Jesus could work miracles. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he's thinking, hey, I can't do anything for my daughter, but there's somebody who can. Mm-hmm. I got to get to this man. And obviously, the, the way to find Jesus is to find the crowd. You find the crowd, you're going to find Jesus. <laughs> he, he was not hard to find in that area because people knew 
you know, where he was at. They didn't have social media. But they knew that, you know, they knew where to find him if they needed him. No GPS? No GPS. Well, they did have GPS. They had the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Later on. Right? Right. So, yeah, he, he would be a leader in the synagogue where Jesus had been hanging around um, Saturday after Saturday you know, for uh, for uh, their worship services. And uh, he's, he's going to get to Jesus. And he knew that Jesus was hope. Mm-hmm. What's the song? I, I don't know the words to this song. You may know it, but hope has a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hope is Jesus, right? Love has a name, yeah. Love has a name. No matter what we're dealing with, you know, if we can get to Jesus because he's our hope. And so Jairus gets to Jesus. And his request is, please come and lay your hands on my dying daughter and she's going to be healed. So there's the hope. I, I, in other words, Jesus, I know uh, that this is a hopeless situation without you, but with you, there's hope. And you can take care of my daughter. You can fix this. Put your hands on her yeah. so that she will be healed and live. It's out of my control, but I'm, I'm letting you in, which is something that a lot of people need to do, is realize that, because it's so hard, especially for men, but just for people in general, it's it's hard to, to uh, let go of control and give that control over to Jesus. Now, he can see Jesus. Like we talked about this, you know, in the podcast several weeks ago. We can't see Jesus. He's not tangible, right? So it's really hard for us to, to give somebody control that we can't even see. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes about faith and what is faith. And we'll go to Hebrews 11. All right. Right. But it, it, it's hard for people to have faith in somebody that they can't see, right? But that's what... But Jairus has already had some knowledge, at least, of what Jesus has been doing. And yeah, how but we he, have the same. How he's been going about healing. We have it better than Jairus. Right. We have all these stories. Right? We have all the knowledge that you can possibly imagine about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. But yet we don't want to relinquish control to him. Mm-hmm. We want to fix our own problems. And we don't want him in our lives. Kind of like those people at gathering. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Mind your own business. <laughs> right. Right. But Jairus is like, he's my hope. He, he, he can fix this situation. He can save my daughter. He can heal my daughter you know, before she dies. And so Jairus, he goes and he finds Jesus. And he has a request. Come lay your hands on my daughter and she will be healed. So there's the hope, right? You can do something about yeah. this. So I'm coming to you in humility. I'm giving up control and I'm letting you have, you know, come do something about this. And so Jesus agrees. So you, you got to know this guy's excited at this point, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's, he's happy. My daughter's going to be fixed. She's going to be healed. And so they're on their way to Jairus' house, right? So Jesus can lay, literally lay his hands on Jairus' daughter. Um, but something happens on the way to Jairus' house as you didn't. You've already read it, um, and that's. And if you ever watched that version of the Chosen, how they do this simultaneously and how they put these two stories together is really awesome. How yeah. they do this, work that out. But there's an interruption, <clears throat> and uh, because of this interruption, Jairus' daughter is going to die, as you read, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. But 
how many of us like interruptions? Especially when we're in a hurry for something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a cheesy example. Nothing like what JR is dealing with. But like, when I'm getting close to the end of my day at work, I always come and eat lunch with you. And I'm very excited about getting done with my day and getting back in you know, a 45-minute drive back to Maryville just so I can eat lunch with you because I'm excited to see you, right? Mm-hmm. And it never fails. So a store will call. They have a situation. I have to go visit this or I have to go take care of this. And I'm like, or, you know, one of the store managers wants to call or wants to talk to me or, you know, a customer starts having a conversation with me. I'm like, it, you know, I'm, I'm as nice and polite as I can be. But in my mind, kind of like Tanner's shirt that I bought for him, in my mind, I'm riding roller coasters. You know, you think I'm listening, but in my mind, I'm riding roller coasters. You know, in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nice and polite and kind and I'm trying to address your needs. But, dude, I want to get to Maribel. Oh, Get out of my way. <laughs> I, I want to go eat lunch with my beautiful woman. Because <laughs> uh, I would much rather be with her than you. And so um, we don't like interruptions, especially when we're in a hurry for something or, you know, we're focused on something. Jairus' situation is much, uh, it's more desperate than that, right? His daughter is literally dying. And now he has hope because he has Jesus and they are literally on their way to fix the problem so Jesus can help Interruption, yes. And then the interruption happens, right? And so this interruption is... My favorite story throughout the whole, really in the whole Bible. Psalm 51 is my favorite passage, or the favorite chapter in the Bible. This story is my all-time favorite story in the whole entire Bible. I don't know why. I guess because, yeah, I do know why. Because this woman's condition, under uh, the law in Leviticus, this woman is considered unclean. Right, so she's a social outcast. Yeah, basically because... um, She's basically having her period. She's on her menstrual cycle, but it, it's non-stop. Yeah. And it's a, a bad hemorrhage for 12 years. And Mark says that uh, she spent all of her money on doctors and remedies and medicines. It only got worse. And right? it only got worse, yeah. She's been to all the doctors. She's probably been to every doctor that she could get to in that area. And, and it only gets worse. And, and so she literally has no hope. Um, but in verse 27 that you read a few minutes ago, this is, I mean, this is so, so good. Mark says, when she had heard about Jesus. Mm-hmm. When she had heard about, that tells me that literally somebody opened their mouth and told this woman about Jesus. Somebody cared enough about this lady to share Jesus with her. And see that I'm I'm an evangelist. You know, you with at the funeral yesterday, uh, uh, Diane was asking me asking you what, what should she call me, Reverend or Pastor or something, and, I, and you said just call him Randy. <laughs> uh, I've always said I, I've never had a because I used to preach full time for several years, but I and, and they would put on the church sign Pastor. Randall Tucker or Randy Tucker, and I'm like, don't put my name on the sign. I don't even want my name on the sign, right. and especially don't put pastor. I'm not a pastor. I've never been a. Pa- I don't like uh, that Titles. title. Yeah, yeah. I'm an. I'm. I always said I'm an evangelist. Ever since I was called to preach, I said I was an evangelist. Mm-hmm. I like to tell people about Jesus, and and try to get them 
you know, converted to Jesus and live for Jesus. Right. I don't, I don't have that heart for shepherding a flock. But somebody obviously had that same heart of telling her about Jesus. Right? Yeah. And, and, and that's that, I think that's one of the reasons why I love this passage so much, because even though this woman is in this condition, somebody loved her enough and cared enough about her in her condition, her separation, her quarantined life or whatever, to tell her about Jesus. And, and you know, that, that's, that's literally our, our jobs. We talked about this a few uh, podcasts ago about planting and watering seed. That's all we're supposed to do is tell people about Jesus, plant seed, which is the word of God and water seed. And it's up to God to bring the increase. Because we all have a story, right? Right. And all we have to do is, is tell our story about how Jesus has changed our lives. And he's changed our lives. He's, he can change everybody's lives. Right. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So this woman wastes no time. You know, after she hears about Jesus and um, she literally makes a beeline straight to Jesus. And I said earlier that, you know, he's not hard to find. If you find the crowd, you're going to find Jesus because he's going to be right in the middle of it, right? Because everywhere he went, there's a crowd. And she finds the crowd. And literally, this woman's not supposed to be in this crowd because she's unclean. Right. All right. She's living this quarantine life. She's an outcast because of her condition. But what she do? She didn't care. <laughs> she makes her way through the crowd. I'm but, going. But notice what Mark says about what she did. How did she get to Jesus? She came up behind him. Why would she do that? Do you think? Shame? Probably, yeah. We don't know. It doesn't say. But think about her condition. And she knows who Jesus is. A rabbi. Maybe a prophet. Right. Right. Well, and there there were so many Levitical laws about um, cleanliness and impurity and how that was supposed to be handled. And... If, if she touched someone, then they became ceremonially unclean. And there's a whole, you know, process you have to go through. Like, much to, like the leper. Right. Jesus to to leper. be cleansed from that. Um, but it had the reverse effect. Instead of making him unclean, his, his purity made her clean. Yeah. We are releasing the sound. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. It, it's almost as if she's being a little bit deceiving, kind of tricky, selfish, even. Because, but, but she knows that he's her, her hope. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can just get to Jesus, if I can just touch his garment, it's a good plan. If I can just touch his garment, I, I'll be healed. That, there's your faith, and that's what he's going to say. Your, your faith has made you whole. Not you touching my clothes, but your faith has made you whole. Because you, mm-hmm. you've broken all the laws, 
to get to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you come through the crowd, and this crowd is thick, so you've touched a lot of people. Probably made a lot of people unclean. <laughs> and she's thinking, well, this man's a holy man. I don't need to. But if I, I got to get to him, I got to touch. But in her shame, I think, mm-hmm. in her uh, embarrassment of her situation, she, did, she didn't want to carry on a conversation with him. Right. But she wanted to touch him. And so that's what she comes up. Mark points out literally that she came up behind him and grabbed his garment, which I, I think is pretty cool. And it goes back to what you were talking about in, in the last podcast when you were talking about Isaiah. And he says, well, well am I a man of unclean lips? I think uh, we, I, 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 we, we talked about a little bit about this in the uh, several podcasts ago and I, I, I call the podcast uh, Jesus is not your pal because you know um, we, we like to tend to think that Jesus is our, our, our little friend you know that he's our homie or whatever right we, we don't really realize that he's holy <laughs> right you know and when, when like when angels would pop up on the scene like you know Christmas is coming up we're going to be reading the Christmas story I'm sure and talking about it what happens when anytime an angel showed up on the scene what happened people were afraid yeah they were scared to death why because they're in the presence of God mm-hmm. and and we we kind of just tend to forget how holy God is and uh, we just think of him as you know like one of our friends or whatever which he is a friend a friend that sits closer than a brother right but like this one, I, I think she realized, you know, I'm just, I'm just not worthy to even be in his face and to have a conversation with. Him. And so she goes up behind him, she touches him, and she's healed immediately. And I think she just laid there on the ground. And the crowd, if you've ever been a part of a crowd, especially in concerts and stuff, you know, that they, they, if they're moving, you're moving, or you're going to get trampled. Right, right, right. And, and she may have been getting crap, but we don't know. But the crowd would push Jesus. I don't know if you can say something. Yeah, I, w- I was just looking up the same the same verses in the complete Jewish Bible, um, starting at verse 27. She had heard about Yeshua, so she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his robe. For she said, if I even touch his clothes, I will be healed. Instantly, the hemorrhaging stopped. And she felt in her body that she had been healed from the disease. So um, I have heard uh, in some other teachings in the past that what she was actually reaching out for was the tzitzit on his on his talit, yes, mm-hmm. um, or on his on the edge of his clothing, and that represents it has four knots in it um, that represents the tetragrammaton. Um, and so yod Hey vav Hey is what she was reaching out for. You know, Yahweh. She was reaching out for his name. And if I even touch that, I know I'll be healed. Yeah. What was the song say? There is power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, and then you bust out this morning, you know, uh, that wasn't in our song list. The uh, I speak Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Because there's power in his name. Mm-hmm. I, I think you was even saying that because you went off the lyrics and made up your own and, and I think you were saying something similar to that mm-hmm. about yeah. calling on his name yeah yeah it, and it and that's you know um, 
and that's what we're fixed to talk about here in just a second, it, uh, about <clears throat> why do we wait until we're desperate to turn to Jesus? Right. Why not just turn, why, give up your control, man, and, and, or woman, and, and, and just go to Jesus to begin with? Right. I hate it when, when people get into desperate situations and they're like, well, all you can do now is pray. Well, shoot, why weren't you praying in the first place? Yeah. You know? <laughs> why was the, why was that not your first reaction? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and that's why I wrote my notes. I said, it's amazing what desperate people will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll... Right. When you've exhausted every other possibility. Yeah. Why not just go to Jesus first? Mm-hmm. It, will he take care of the, the situation immediately? Maybe not. You know, kind of like what Pastor said this morning uh, during prayer time. He, sometimes you just got to walk through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some things he's just not going to instantly heal you from or deliver you from because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, maybe he's trying to teach you lessons or getting, getting us yeah. to rely on him or whatever. Yeah. It could be that he will heal you immediately or whatever and deliver you from that situation. Sometimes there's prices to be paid called consequences mm-hmm. from our actions. There's just all kinds of reasons. Right. But we don't, we don't, we don't want to go, this is what I was telling Howard, I was going to announce it to the whole church, but the pastor was ending so, he, you know, so we can get church started. But I said, I told, because Howard said, what, what would you want to say? And I said, you think about uh, what passage is it, what, what prophet in the Old Testament talks about the refiner's fire? Is that Isaiah or Ezekiel? Mm, I'd have to look it up. The refiner's fire. But you, you think about the refiner's fire and how... That, that fire, it purifies the gold and it comes out and it's, you know, beautiful. And that, that, that the situations that happen in our lives, no matter what the reason, it, it, if we would stay faithful and, and, and put our trust in Jesus, put our trust in God and walk with him, we're going to go through the fire. But Isaiah does say that we will not be burned. And what he's talking about, Israel. Malachi. Yeah, it's Malachi 3, 2. But who can endure the day when he comes? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire, like the soap maker's lie. There you go. And that's what I was telling Howard. So you, we don't want to go. We don't want that process. We want the end. We want the end process. Right. We want the shiny part, the pretty part, the gold part, or the silver. We don't want to go through the fire because it hurts and it's very painful. And if you've ever been through something, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Or you think about the, you know, the, uh, one of the, I can't, I can't remember where it's out the top of my head, the potter, you know, like your mom does pottery. You Isaiah know. 29, I was reading it this morning. Okay, Isaiah 29. So you got the, we're, 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 God's the potter, we're the clay, right? Mm-hmm. Slap that clay on the wheel and the wheel's turning and, and what does the potter do? He takes his hands and he shapes and he molds the clay and whatever he wants to. And if he wants to, he can make a bowl and if you don't like the bowl, he can reshape it into a cup. He can do whatever he wants to with it. The, the, yeah. the potter has the, the authority over the clay. But that shaping and molding, and, and, and it's not fun. It's Right, pressure. Yeah. Um, I say it's like being in the wine press or being in the olive press. You know, Ultimately, you want wine or you want oil, but there's a crushing that has to happen for that to come forth. Yeah. And... You're right. We want we want the things without all the difficult um, process. Yeah, well, it's like Jairus and his daughter. 
He wanted his daughter to be healed instantly. He didn't want his daughter to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. But it, was, it was out of his hands. And, and there was a, a, a time lapse here. And there, there's an interruption. Delay. Right. Yeah. This woman has been suffering for 12 years. You know, there's this process, that a lot of pain, a lot of pressure, a lot of... It's interesting that she's been suffering the same amount of time that the girl has been alive. Yeah. Well, that's what the, the Chosen series, that's what they bring out. Come on. Yeah, it, it's good. Twelve. Magic number. Yeah. Right. Apostolic. Yeah. But don't wait until you're desperate to go to Jesus, is, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Go, go to him first. Go to him now. Whatever you're, you know, whatever you're dealing with. Because immediately her bleeding stopped. Immediately. And it's, she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I drew a picture of the of of this scene, and I, I in my mind I just see this woman making her way through the crowd, and it's like. As soon as she sees Jesus, and he's like three or four feet away or five feet away or whatever, I, I just picture her just lunging, you know, just <laughs> diving for him in uh, slow motion and, right. and him grabbing, you know, grabbing his tassel, whatever you mm-hmm. call it in the Hebrew. There. And so as soon as she touches Jesus, instantly she's healed, right? And the crowd, the the... The movement of the crowd pushes Jesus on down a little bit further, and this woman's just laying there on the ground. And Jesus is like, "Whoa! Something just somebody just touched me." Well, a lot of people have been touching him because right. the, the crowd's pressing up against him. And I, so I, I get where his disciples are coming from. Right. Jesus, who touched me? And they're like, "Right, you're in the mosh pit. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting touched by everybody. Yeah. If you're crowd surfing, pit. guess what? You're getting touched by everybody." Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it in the mosh pit. Yeah, you get touched by all these people. And like Jesus, like no, somebody touched me. But they're, they're thinking like intentionally. Physical. Yeah, right. yeah. No, and he he knows that healing power just just you know went out of him. And they're like, dude, you're you're crazy. Look at all these people. How can we possibly tell you who touched you? Mm-hmm. But then the woman pops up from her off the ground, being amazed that hey. I, I've been dealing with this for 12 years and immediately I'm healed. And Mark even points out that, that she comes to Jesus in, in fear and trembling. Verse 32 and 34 it says, or through 34. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. Mm-hmm. Why would she be trembling with fear? Because of her shame, I think. Right. Because... She knew she was breaking the law to do right. this. Right. She knew that she was not supposed to be there, but she didn't care because mm-hmm. she wanted to get to Jesus because he was her hope. Mm-hmm. And if I could just touch his garment, I did. I was healed. It happened. And now she thinks she's in trouble. I think that he's going to, she's thinking this dude's going to get on to me for what I've done. Yeah. And so she falls at his feet, which is humility. You know, right. you don't punish me. And trembling with fear, and she told him the whole truth. Jesus already knew the whole truth. Right. She's not telling him anything that he didn't already know. Um, and he says to her daughter, so in other words, you're accepted. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm not rejecting you. you you're safe here. You're safe right. with me. Daughter, your faith has made you, uh, or has healed you, has made you whole. 
go in peace. You know, don't be scared. Be be at peace, and be freed from your suffering. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is just a beautiful story. And so, on the flip side of that, you got Jairus who is walking with Jesus, thinking, "Dude, my daughter is literally dying. We got to get to my house. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the whole reason why you're even coming through here to begin with. And we're already having to deal with this crowd of people. And now you're going to sit here and take time to have a conversation." With this woman, you know, why are you taking time for a woman when my daughter is dying? And literally, Jairus looks up and he sees somebody coming from his household that he would immediately recognize. And the person comes up, Jairus, and says, hey, you're, it's too late. Your daughter's dead. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you bothering the teacher anymore? Just let him go about his business. It's too late. There's no hope here. See, Jesus was his hope. He was all excited. Mm-hmm. Jesus is on his way to heal his daughter before she died. But interruptions, delays. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Is this the first time that Jesus has raised somebody from the dead? I, can't, I don't think he's raised somebody from the dead at this point, has he? I know he's cast out the demon. He's healed the withered hand. Obviously, he made water into wine because that was the first miracle that he ever did. But I don't think that he's raised somebody from the dead yet. I'm looking back. Carry on. And so if, if you're Jairus and you get this message, I mean, what are you instantly going to think? I just lost all hope. My daughter's dead. There's no more hope. It's too late. But Jesus doesn't give Jairus an opportunity to have any of those kind of thoughts. Because as soon as... Uh, Jairus' servant tells him, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher, the master, anymore. Jesus immediately says, don't be afraid. Be afraid. Which is funny. Not funny, but it's, it's weird that he goes there. Don't be afraid. Just don't, believe. Yeah, don't be full of fear. Just believe. Mm-hmm. Don't don't lose your hope, in other words. keep Keep the hope, right? Um, I wrote in my notes, remember Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Remember Lazarus. Uh, re- remember Mary and Martha and what they said to Jesus, right? right. Uh, if you had only been yes. here, my brother would not have died. They they sent for Jesus while Lazarus was still alive. Right. Four days earlier. Get here. Get here fast because right. your friend Lazarus is dying. Jesus intentionally stayed behind. Mm-hmm. Stayed gone away for four days. What do we say? Delay does not mean denial. Yes. Just because there are interruptions or you pray for something and it doesn't happen immediately, it does not mean that God is denying that that will happen. Yeah. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus says, keep, well, he says, um, uh, how does he say this? Seek and you will find. Mm-hmm. Knock and the door will be Knock open. Knock and the door. What's the other one? I can't remember the other one. There's ask three. and it shall begin. Yeah, ask you. and it shall begin. The correct rendering of that passage is keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Right. Keep on seeking. And far too often, we pray one or two times. If we don't get the answer, we give up. Mm-hmm. Which was what Jairus could have done very easily. Mm-hmm. It's too late. And, 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 and we... We have to keep on 
having faith, mm-hmm. which is what we're just talking about here in just a second, faith. But it's it's just too easy to give up. What is faith? Yeah. What is faith? Um, Hebrews eleven six says, "Without faith, it's it what impossible to please God." It's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that's why Jesus immediately looks at Jairus and says, "Don't be afraid. Don't give up. Don't right. don't lose hope. Don't let, don't waver." Like the book Hebrews says, "Hold tightly without right. wavering." Right. What is what is faith? So faith, is faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews eleven the one. Evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So you you haven't seen this, but it's what you're hoping for. Yeah. Faith, Hebrews eleven one, what you just quoted. Now faith this is a different version. Now faith is con- is confidence. Confidence. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. Mm-hmm. And Assurance. So you got confidence and you have assurance in what we do not see. Right. So a lot of a lot of people who follow Jesus, you know, you hear this name it, claim it stuff. And that that is faith to a, a degree. But faith is not blind. Faith is not ignorant, right? Faith faith accepts the facts. I mean, Jairus is sitting there looking at his daughter or when they walk in the room. He's looking at his daughter. My daughter's dead. She is not breathing. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. She's dead. It's too late. Right, right. But faith says Jesus is here and he can do something about it. When you walk into the room, dead begins to rise because there is resurrection life and all you do. There you go. So that, that, that's, that's what faith says. Faith says, I know the facts, and this is what the facts say, but Jesus can do something about it. Jesus can change the situation. Mm-hmm. It may take some time. It may be a delay. It may be an interruption. Right. But I've got, I, I got to keep on asking. i got to keep on seeking. i got to keep on knocking and not give up hope. He will come through eventually mm-hmm. at some point, right? But what does the enemy do? What, what 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 did Jesus tell Jairus the first thing? Do not what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But that's what the enemy does. The, the fear is one of the greatest tools the enemy uses against mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Is fear. If he can get us to be afraid, if he can get us to doubt, right? What do we do? We draw back. Fear fear just it just holds us back. I mean, James right. even talks about uh, chapter one, chapter two. He talks about have faith and don't don't waver, don't mm-hmm. don't doubt. Because if you de- if you do doubt, you're like the sea. A wave tossed yeah. back and forth, right? Exactly. And so Jesus, he, he, the, the enemy does not want us walking in victory, right? He wants us to walk in defeat. He wants us to be discouraged. He wants us to be depressed. Fearful defeated. and doubtful. Fearful mm-hmm. and doubtful, yeah. But if, if we will walk in faith and trust that God's going to come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accept the facts. I mean, don't don't say uh, don't say. Well, my daughter's not dead. She, she yeah, she's not breathing, but she's not dead. She's she's really alive. I mean, Jesus could do that because he could come in and say, "Hey, she's only asleep." And what those people do? They they laughed him out of the room. Right? They didn't believe it. Yeah, you're crazy, dude. She's not breathing. Her heart is not beating. No, she's asleep. Mm-hmm. And he he has the power to 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 raise her from the dead. She was dead. 
and and he grabs her by the hand and speaks to her those words mm-hmm. <laughs> that you could probably pronounce better than I can. And uh, and she Lalitha, come. yeah, and she immediately gets up and starts walking around, perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid, just believe. What what did what did uh, God tell Joshua in Joshua chapter one when 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 Joshua took over from Moses? Moses had died. And he says, "Don't turn." Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Um, but but keep your focus on me. And he told him that like three or four times. I think it was three times that he told him that. Right. I mean, throughout the scriptures, you know, people are told that might be one of those. It's the most repeated phrases in in all of scripture, for sure. Every time an angel showed up, it was fear not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't be afraid. So they must be a little um, startling to to see. Yeah. Um. But. That's constantly what the Lord tells us. Don't don't be afraid. Do not fear. Fear not. You know. And but then, you're right. That's and, the greatest tool of the enemy. Yeah. And the, but yet the disciples would continue to be full of fear, and he would say, "Oh, you have little what faith. Oh, you have little faith." But after, even after God tells Joshua three times, "Be strong, be courageous, keep your eyes, keep your focus on me," right? Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Just stay focused on me. I'm going to use you to deliver my people. Right? He says, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid." Mm-hmm. Now listen to what he says. What comes with fear? Don't be discouraged. Mm. So two. There's two of the enemy's greatest tools: fear and discouragement. Mm. Fear and discouragement. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, what? Think of the opposite of that. When we're fearful, when we're full of fear, our focus gets off of God. Right. When we're discouraged, our focus gets off of God. Every time. Right. Because we get focused on the situation at hand. We get focused on whatever's the going facts. on. Yeah. Right. We get focused on the facts. Circumstance. Yeah, instead of faith. Because faith is opposite of all that. Right. Faith, sometimes it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Truth versus, right, facts. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to end the podcast with this thought. Don't let fear keep you from faith. Mm. Don't let fear keep you from faith why don't you pray for us and we'll be done yeah thank you Lord you tell us to be strong and courageous you say over and over again don't be afraid just believe and there was a man that came to you and said I do believe but help me in my unbelief Thank you that you know and recognize our our frailty and our tendency to not believe. Help us in our unbelief to trust you, to turn to you in every situation, not to deny the facts, but to declare the truth that you are able, that you are still the hope 
You are still the way, the truth, and the life. You are still the healer. So our, our hope, our faith, our trust is in you. Help us not to fear and, and to believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That if you healed back then, you can heal today. If you delivered back then, you can deliver today. God, take us deeper. And I know that that means there's a process, there's a crushing, there's a refiner, a refining process that has to happen for us to come forth as pure gold. So we say, burn away the dross, Lord. But thank you that fear is not our future. (laughs) You are. You are our future. Our hope, our trust, our belief, our faith is in you. Lord Almighty, we give you glory and praise your name. Lord Jesus, amen. We will see you in a week because we're going to take a vacation. And where we're going to be, we won't have access to the internet. And so we'll be back with Mark chapter 6 in a week. God bless you. And keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grind It Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.